John, I'm going. Are you ready? Uh, Take a deep breath. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> oh. <All right. laughs> Welcome to the Star Wars Brothers Podcast. I'm Cliff Boyd, and I'm here with John Boyd. I'm John Boyd. Andrew Shepard. Oh, what's are we going to do tonight? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well, uh, yeah, we have quite an, quite an episode to discuss. I'll go ahead and fill our listeners in. I dropped the ball this week and have only watched one of the episodes that we were supposed to discuss for this week. So we are going to do uh, only the one episode arc that we were supposed to have watched for this week. And then we'll probably double it up next week. But heads up there. There may not be a whole lot to discuss this week about it, but um, we're going to do it anyway. Drew, what's new? So I just recently finished playing Octopath Traveler, which yeah. was a blast. Cool. And I did go back and do all the like 50-ish side quests and then beat the, quote, true final boss. So that was fun to go back and do that. Mm-hmm. And my wife got me that game uh, for, I think it was my birthday. I don't know. Maybe that sounds about right. And anyway, so then she's like, well, you beat that one. What's the next one I can get you? Which I'm like, yeah, I love hearing that. Absolutely. So I think she's going to get me for Christmas uh, for the Switch Mario Deluxe. Mario U Deluxe. Okay. Because I never had a a U. So yeah. Yeah, so there's two two good Mario games on the Switch right now to consider. Well, there are really three good Mario games to consider right now. Although one I don't think comes out, is out yet. Um, there's Mario U Deluxe, which is the one that was on Wii U, as well as another game that was on the Wii U, Super Luigi U, that are in one package. Two super cool games, side-scrolling Mario games that are multiplayer. You might actually play this yeah. with you too. This is just Mario. Um, the uh, those that's actually Mario is one of the well, maybe the only game Shauna will play with me. So, although she did say she'd play Mario Party with with you and Amy with with me, uh, so so we might do that sometime. But the other one is there's a there's one that just came out. It's a three pack that has Mario sixty four, Mario what is it? Sunshine uh, and Galaxy. Sunshine and Galaxy. Yeah, mm. yeah, and that's a pretty cool package too. So, um. But yeah, that's that's awesome. Wii U yeah. Deluxe is a that's good good choice. Trying to Great decide game. between that one or Origami King, I don't know, but I went with the Ooh, U Deluxe. Okay. So. okay, all right. No Breath of the Wild yet, huh? No, no, but I did, I did, I did add it to my list, and I okay. added the what's the other one that's somewhat related to it? Um, uh, Hyrule, really? the new Hyrule Warriors. Yes, game yes, the new Hyrule. Yeah, you need to play Breath of the Wild first, probably, but um, mm, Skyrim. Skyrim. <laughs> John is <laughs> still playing Skyrim. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Jedi Fallen Order is actually what I've been playing for the last two days, and I cannot stop, actually. Oh, cool. So much fun. Yeah. I'm excited about playing that one. Excited about playing that one for sure. That one takes place between episode three and... Three and Like four, after yep. episode three? Okay. Mm-hmm. Three and Rogue One, right? Yes, actually. Mm-hmm. It's cool. That'd be awesome. I'm excited about playing that at some point. At some point. There's also another one that just came out, Star Wars Squadrons. Did you see that? I saw the trailer for it. It looks really cool. Yeah, it's a it's like a fighter pilot game that is in the uh, in the vein of X-Wing versus TIE Fighter games of old. Um, and it's VR compatible. I think it was actually originally designed as a VR game. So I've got to pick nice. that one up at some point. But uh, I'm, 
not ready for it yet. I just too much else, too much else going on. I don't even have time to watch, watch all the Star Wars I'm supposed <laughs> to watch. So <laughs> let alone pick up Star Wars squadrons. John, what are you doing these days? Uh, so I think I, I said it on a uh, previous podcast that I, I got a new job and we're moving. And so, um, uh, really, really going really well so far. So, uh, listed our house on a Friday, um, Friday afternoon, Saturday, we had four showings and an offer and that we accepted. Um, Sweet. and so super excited about that. And then, uh, the next weekend went to, uh, up to Kentucky and, and made an offer on a house that, uh, the sellers accepted. So, uh, you know, hopefully everything great, goes, man. uh, goes smooth and we'll be in our sure. new, new place. Was it a pretty straightforward offer on the, on your buyer's end? Uh, like a VA loan or something, is it? Because we had, we had a VA loan person buy and it was a mess. Oh, no, 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 no. Conventional, uh, loan, which is the best. That's, and I won't say the best. That's what you want when you're selling. You want somebody doing a conventional loan. Um, because really, uh, uh, there's not a whole lot of stipulations on it, you know? Um, they have a higher down payment, but, um, you can have lead based paint and they'll, you know, they're still allowed to, uh, to use that loan. So, sure. uh, not that we have lead based paint, just throwing something random out there. Um, yeah. and then well, yeah, we're incriminating a, evidence that'll be out there against you if you do. I know now they're going to back out because uh, <laughs> they listen to this podcast like everyone else. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, getting a really cool, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. A house built in 1940. That's mm-hmm. been completely, uh, mm-hmm. completely renovated and updated and, um, hoping to potentially even add a, a pretty large, um, living room onto the back of it soon after we move. So cool. Uh, pretty, that's pretty great. excited on, on four acres and, uh, I like oh, my that's land. Great. So. Mm-hmm. And you're moving off of a property with a big chunk of land. Are you bringing yep. your chickens with you or are you selling them over there? Well, we were going to, uh, but we've had a lot of people ask and, and we're just going to oh, start okay. over with our chickens, uh, probably with about 40 chickens after we move. Um, oh, how many do you have now? We've got about 20 right now. Oh, okay. Um, That's more than I realized. And, and we're going to sell them to a friend and, uh, and then probably go ahead and double our, our chickens. Uh, cool. we just let them free range. It's, it's really fun. They're, uh, you know, they, they like us. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, they're pets, uh, that produce breakfast. So yeah, it's pretty and cool. Sometimes our breakfast, right? And sometimes our breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> John, tell the story <laughs> for our podcast listeners about the, uh, the, the chicken whom your children witnessed. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember what, uh, well, I mean, so, so we have friends that have all the, uh, I don't know. We may lose some PETA people. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, we, yeah. So obviously we like chickens. Um, but we do, uh, we did raise a few meat chickens. Um, and they eat a lot. They just eat constantly. It's it's insane. Like if you leave food in front of them, they're just going to eat and eat and eat and eat. And we actually kind of put them on a diet for a while um, because it was just disgusting how much they were eating. Um, and we felt bad for them getting so big. 
yeah. but yeah. we did end up slaughtering uh slaughtering them or actually having a friend help and uh yeah you put them in a uh put them in a cone upside down so that they kind of calm down and and all our kids you know held them since they were little babies and uh, they were all just kind of standing around watching and, uh, our friend helped us. You remove the head and, and drains the blood and they don't flop around too bad cause they're in the cone. Um, but my three year old, right. I mean, this isn't like, yep. You're Absolutely. Not, you're not, and no animal suffering is happening here. Oh no. It's, it's super quick. Super quick. I mean that yeah. the, uh, obviously their head is detached from their body. Yeah, and it's not um, like they even but, know what's happening. It's just like over nope. before they know it. But you hear the term chicken running around with its head cut off because yeah. their nerves go crazy uh, right. once they lose yes. their head and right. they flop around. So you put them in the cone to reduce some of that. Yeah. Um, but but even then, it, is un, it is unconscious flopping, right? This is not right. suffering. This is just nerve, yep. nerve reactions. So Yeah, and so... Uh, but we do kind of try to teach our kids that it's yeah, it's not really funny, <laughs> right. um, you know, uh, and uh, but they were all watching. And uh, except for my three year old. Right. I mean, uh, our, our friend put the the blade right up to the chicken and and she and I forgot what she said. It was something funny. Um, it was almost like, nope. And uh, <laughs> and like turned around real quick right before he did it. <laughs> Um, and then every time we would have chicken after that, even if it yeah. was store-bought chicken, the kids yeah. before yeah. they would take a bite were like, is this our chickens? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that we will raise any more meat chickens. Um, yeah. because yeah. you can buy a pretty good tasting rotisserie chicken from your, uh, uh, local Walmart. <laughs> oh yeah, for for like five bucks, sure, um, yeah. and it's a lot less trouble. So, right. or Kroger, or I don't know where else sells rotisserie Publix. We had um, the experience, right? And your kids learned something I guess from so. it. Yeah. So they did, they did. Um, but I think you know one thing. One thing I really like money. about that, John, is so many people eat meat totally disconnected from what they're eating oh absolutely right and and i think it's a healthy thing to to make that connection and to know that this is a creature that that was once alive that i'm eating um i don't know if i'm ready for my three-year-old to to have that connection (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i mean my three-year-old is just yeah yeah yeah. right right right. uh i don't know i I think that's a Sure. I think that's a healthy, uh, a healthy lesson I agree. for your kids. So. I mean, after, you know, I was very, very late to the quote, um, hunting game. Yeah. <laughs> um, just sort of married into it, right? Married into it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it's made me think twice about how we store, use, and not waste the meat because, you know, once you're the one that actually takes the animal's life and you see it and it, you know, comes back to you and it's, you know, in packages, you don't want to waste it anymore because you know that, you know, you have a responsibility. You had a connection that animal that you don't have when you just, Oh, 
frozen chicken nuggets, you know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, I don't want all these. I'll just throw them. All. You know, it's, it's a different experience right, right. for sure. It, it's more of a respect, sure. although that, I, that might not, that might sound weird to some people. No, I, don't, I don't think before. that's weird at all. And, and that's mm-hmm. the great point because we waste so much food in general, but especially meat. It's like, should we really be wasting this stuff? I mean, this was a life that was taken to provide this. Yep. Food. And I think it's, I actually think it's important that that meat stays a part of the human diet for a lot of reasons, but um, uh, I totally respect people that don't want to be a part of that. Uh, and I think that's fine. Um, uh, and, and, and I think, you know, you spoke about PETA earlier and, and, and I know there would be a lot of people out there who'd have a problem with, with even using chickens for eggs, frankly. Right. I mean, that's sort of yeah, the, the vegan right. way is to not use me for anything and uh, not, not animal products, period. Right. For anything. And, and so, and, and I get that. I understand where they're coming from. My, my wife and I have tried to be more responsible with our purchasing decisions. Once we saw some documentaries and things about how a lot of animals are treated and, um, and I think animals are, are really important to take care of and to be kind to. Um, I think it's okay to eat them and I love to eat them. <laughs> but but not to, you know, not to put them through some of the things that they do go through in our mass produced society. And then I think, Drew, like you're saying, to have a healthy respect for um, for these creatures and, and what we do with what comes from them. Yeah, I I I agree completely. I'm you know I'm against an animal having to suffer, um, even if it's something we're going to eat. Uh, it, humanely as possible is the way I want it to be taken, and and uh, and I I have hunted as well, and I enjoy it, and uh, and that that you know that even comes into uh, play there. You you take a shot only if it's humane is the way I feel about it. If you don't feel like you can get that humane shot, you don't take it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, not every hunter acts that way either. So it's, it's important to, yeah. Important to remember that. Um, this is I'm, the I'm, way. Not against, I'm not against everything Peter does. It's not like I'm anti Peter or anything. I think <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to say by my comment there earlier. But, um, but, you know, I think I think a lot of I think, frankly, that they they have done some good in making sure that some of the worst stuff out there is exposed um, and I appreciate that. So, um, OK, I uh, would like to share that it is my birthday today. Um, Yay. And yeah. we've been doing this thing, we, you know, we kind of like we celebrated my birthday a little bit today, but we've been really I've been doing this thing every Wednesday where my family goes out to breakfast together. Uh, that's been really, really cool. And today I went to IHOP, um, and they had a coupon for a free stack of pancakes for your birthday. So I went to IHOP and got my free stack of pancakes and got a big omelet there. And I tell you, I was really impressed with IHOP. I haven't been IHOP in a long time. Um, and I've never disliked it. I've always liked it, but most of, most of the time I remember going to IHOP is like when everything else is closed. (laughs) <laughs> because they're still, I mean, it's like either IHOP or Wobble House, I can still go to. And um, actually, I don't know, are IHOPs 24 hours still? I think it would depend. I, I don't are. know. I think they are. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they're not. Um, but uh, but I know I've had some, uh, some early mornings where I've gone to IHOPs um, where I have not slept yet that point <laughs> in the night. So that's kind of mm-hmm. where IHOP stands in my memories. But yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I like like IHOP a lot. Awesome omelet. It was delicious. And then the pancakes were pretty good too. Um, got more than I could eat there. Uh, didn't throw away any animal products though. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I did throw away you some know, pancakes. I don't know. You know, there may be animal products. Are there animal products? There might be. Ugh, eggs. Exposing some hypocrisy here. Uh, yeah, there might you be know, a little bit of eggs and pancakes. It's funny you say that, Cliff. Uh, we We actually celebrate half birthdays with our kids it's not like a huge celebration we let them pick somewhere to go eat and uh and they have been picking ihop wow okay so uh we've been going to ihop for half birthdays for the last couple years uh and yeah i've been uh, i've been pretty impressed too and usually can't finish everything that they get i mean it's good portion sure yeah um and so yeah Big omelet and it was delicious. It was great. I mm-hmm. got a, it was like called a poblano omelet or something. Ooh, yeah, I had that one last time. I went. sauce and peppers and some jalapenos in it. It was very good. Um, and uh, I want to try their crepes sometime. They didn't have any savory crepes though at this IHOP. I don't know if it's off the menu everywhere, but online it said they were going to have some savory crepes. That's what I was planning on ordering until I got there. Yeah. We were Love told. Crepes. Are y'all into crepes? Time. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a fan when they're good. Well, we were told last time we went that they're they were limited due to COVID uh, on oh, what they could okay. serve, and okay. so that may have had Got something it. to do with it. Sure, maybe so. Uh, maybe so. But I think only crepes I've had are sweet ones. Mm, um, okay. There's actually a really cool crepe place if you're ever in Northwest Arkansas in Bentonville uh, called okay. Crepes Paulette, and it's a it's a mm. crepe restaurant. And they're fantastic there. Yeah. But that's been some really special time. Um, it's We didn't really go for my birthday, uh, but we went because it's Wednesday. And every Wednesday, my family goes out to breakfast together. Cool. And that's just been a really special uh, special time. Um, started out with me just taking Luke. It was just me and Luke, and we'd go to breakfast. And I did that for a couple of weeks. And then Shauna, one day, it was like, hey, do you want to go? So she was able to, like, she works from home. So she was able to kind of wrap up some stuff from her job and get a little bit of time to step away. And, and she came with us and we just had a really good time as a family. So um, that's good. That's good. A lot of times we're just busy over the weekends. And so it's kind of, cause I take Wednesdays off and Shauna works from home and has a pretty flexible job. And so it's, uh, it's kind of nice to have a, a, um, a day where we're not super busy that we can just spend time together as a family. Um, going out to breakfast we try to you know we live in a place where there's tons of different breakfast options just tons uh local places chain places you know um if you drive a little bit even more you know you can practically go to a different breakfast place every week all year if you really wanted to you know around here uh because we're just outside of orlando um so as long as we're willing to drive a little bit i mean there's just the options are endless practically for breakfast so um, so that's been fun. It's just a, a good experience. Luke always wants a pancake every single time. <laughs> we don't give him a lot of sugar. So that's uh, that's a real treat for him, you know, to get a pancake. And then I put syrup on it, but I put the tiniest little drizzle and he just thinks mm-hmm. it's the greatest thing in the world. You know? um, you know, well, since I've been there, I'm going to have to go again and try them out. Yeah, I, it's great. I mean, it's not it's not like the top of my list or anything, but... Um, but it's good. It's good. It's kind of expensive, to be honest. I was a little surprised how much it costed for an omelet, but um, I don't think I'm reasonable for what it, for what for what I actually got. So. 
Like around ten dollars or what? Yeah, it was like a little more than ten dollars, which maybe that's just what hmm. meals cost nowadays. I don't know, but uh, um, I think so. I guess so. I just it felt felt a little higher than I would normally expect from a breakfast place. A lot of the local places around here aren't quite that high. I guess I would say there may be more like seven or eight dollars for an omelet. So we probably have some listeners in, that are in some areas that are like, "Whoa, that's so cheap! Your high ops only ten dollars yeah. for a, <laughs> for an omelet, man." But uh, I don't know. You know, we don't live in L.A. I'm sure everything's probably cost double over there. But yeah. Um, anyway. All right. Let's talk about this uh, this episode. So I'm going to give you a, a real quick summary as best I can remember it. And then we'll talk a little bit about what our impressions were and what stood out to us, I guess. Um, so let's see. The beginning of this episode starts with a conflict that's happening on, is it Naboo where this is taking yeah. place? Yeah. And basically the Gungans are about to go and attack feed, right? Isn't that where the, yes. Feed is the name of the, the on land city on Naboo. And then I don't Correct. know what, what's the name of the Gungan city. What is the, does, I'm sure it has a name. Do y'all remember? I don't. The underwater city. That doesn't matter. Anyway, they're about to go attack them. And so the, uh, the Jedi basically go to investigate to, to figure out why the Gungans are about to attack feed. Right. And this is sort of hearkening back to some of the things that we saw in episode one, right? Because the, um, the, the, what, what do we call them? The, the Nabooans, Nabooans have, have conflict on their planet between the land dwellers and the water dwellers, right? And at least have a history of disliking one another, uh, and not getting along and not respecting one another until after they have to cooperate to defeat the clones at the end of episode one. Do I have all that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. All right. So anyway, they're about to march on them. And, and so the, the Jedi go to investigate why. And they discover that there's this sort of magician-like Gungan who is influencing their their boss. Uh, they don't have a king. They have a boss. So <laughs> their boss, remember in the movies, it's Boss Nass. I forget what this yeah. boss's name is, but it's a different boss. Um, a boss who happens to be uh, apparently a lookalike of Jar Jar, right? <laughs> uh, because what happens is they discover that that this this boss of the uh, Gungans is being manipulated by somebody who is being influenced by Dooku and the Separatists uh, in with the promise that basically they'll protect the Gungans if they attack feed okay i think that's right anyway they they find out about this guy they chase him away but as part of all the scuffle uh, and i don't i don't really remember all the details of it honestly but as part of all the scuffle the the boss of the gungans gets injured and knocked unconscious boss leone there we go boss leone you got it okay boss leone and so boss leone gets injured and knocked unconscious before he can call off the attack so they're like, well, junk, what are we going to do now? We can't call off the, the attack. And for some reason, Jar Jar ends up with the guy's crown on his head. And they say, oh, you look exactly alike. <laughs> so Jar Jar goes to, uh, to basically, um, they're, they're going to try to use him to, to call off the attack. But he has to meet with 
the leader of the separatists, I guess, or something. I, again, I'm, I may be getting some of the details wrong. He ends up in a meeting with Grievous is the bottom line. And it, unexpectedly in, in a meeting with Grievous. And so he gets on the phone with Amidala and he's like, uh, Grievous is here. I'm in trouble. And Amidala says, oh, great. He's here. Let, let's use this as an opportunity to capture him. Shut down the, the droid troops and then let's capture Grievous. And so he, he, uh, he does. He's able to shut down the droid armies, and then it ends up being Grievous facing off against some Gungans, and um, without the backup of his droid forces, and the Gungans are able to defeat him and capture him. Meanwhile, Anakin is going after Dooku, and Anakin gets um, beaten by Dooku and some of the droid bodyguards that um, that he has with him um, in a lightsaber battle, and then Dooku uses that as leverage to basically do a prisoner exchange where he gives them back Anakin and they give him Grievous, making this episode basically meaningless. And, and that's where I'm going to start. My take on it is that what was the point of this? Why did we have to see this? Did this add anything? Was there any redeeming value here? Um, it, it, I didn't find it that interesting of an episode overall to begin with. But then as I looked back, I was like, what was even the point? Why did we, why did we do this? Is this just filler or, or was there something I'm missing guys? So I, I think there was a little bit of significance. So uh, first of all, I read a little bit additional after I watched this and originally this was going to be our season finale, our season, not finale, um, premiere. premiere. Okay. Uh, for season four. And then they replaced it with the other one we didn't like, or at least I didn't like. Yeah. Um, the underwater. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what, what I did get from this is that, you know, we've seen Anakin multiple times kind of put his relationships ahead of the main mission. Um right. We've seen that time and time again. I really feel like this was maybe the first time we've seen Amidala do it. Um, okay. She kind of did, and that's not something you would normally expect from her. Um, you know, normally she's the one that, hey, the mission's got to get done. We got, But it was Anakin, and so she was not, uh, didn't have that strength to... Uh, not negotiate and they made that exchange. Um, and so, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess that was the significance that I saw and maybe it's just cause I wanted there to be something there. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, interesting. That's you brought that up, John, like I really think that would have made more sense to have this episode maybe as a premiere, because one thing that, it might've just been me, but I was thinking throughout most of this was, wait a minute, didn't the Gungans just help and assist the Jedi in the underwater world mission? Weren't they all hunky dory with yeah. everything? And now right. all of a sudden we pick up with this episode, we're going to, you know, attack Naboo. And, you know, we're up to like, yeah. what, what happened here? Like y'all were buddy, yeah. buddy, just last episode. So what on earth? I mean, so that might've made more sense to actually put it as a premiere. And so, um that's interesting you say that found that um and yeah and you know it did kind of bother me that nobody uh, none of the uh 
Gungan seem to be challenging this. I mean, a vast majority of them were not uh, sure. challenging these orders to go attack Naboo right. uh, with these droids that they had had to face in episode one. Um, and so that kind of bothered me at first, but I mean, that's kind of how governments work a lot of times. Um, you know, you, you get your marching orders and you do it regardless. So, uh, but, but that, that initially did bother me. Now we did have the one guy that was kind of, I forgot his name. He was a Gungan and he died, uh, taking Grievous right. down. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, and he was one that was kind of like, Hey, I've, I'm, I've got your back here. Uh, but he was know, also that was from cool. episode one, right? He was a significant right. general or soldier or whatever in episode one. So yeah, I guess. General. Yeah, and so he died. So, I mean, yeah. there we've we've lost him. Uh, and right. I thought it was kind of cool how he took Grievous down with one of the orbs, um, you know, like right on him as he was uh, as Grievous was basically slaying him. So. Hmm. Okay. I guess um, I had a bit different feeling toward that scene, uh, John. I hear you, and I'm, I appreciate that that viewpoint. I thought he went down way too easy. I was just disappointed yeah. on how easily Grievous was was taken out by by. It seemed like there were just weren't there just a handful of Gungans against him at that point. Yeah, and I just, and it I just feel like, like Grievous they weren't going to be able to take, take him down at first. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess mean, he so. was. He wasn't bothered, and then that one guy—he basically sacrificed Gave himself his life to take down to Grievous. Take, yeah. I mean, Grievous and, had like okay. the whole spear through his body from the top down. Right, right. Yeah, and, and yeah. I'm thinking okay. Grievous just okay. underestimated him. Hey, he's a gun, and I've I've got him shish kebobbed here. Um, sure. And then yeah, and then that's how he was able to take him down. Is because I guess I guess it makes sense. But then the gun was like, "I shish kebob you." <laughs> Uh, and then he died in vain because Amidala made the trade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I can see that, John. That um, I'm actually surprised. I thought you would hate this episode because <laughs> I kind of did. Um, but but I, I think that makes more sense. I thought one thing this episode did well actually was it gave a a good variety of serious. And comical all at the same time. Because I remember at one point specifically, now that we're talking about this scene, when the commander, the general, the Gungan died, the way he died, like, and he fell, his mouth was wide open, his tongue was slightly, like, hanging out, his eyes were open. Mm -hmm. I was like, shoot, this is, is this a kid show still that I'm watching? Like, <laughs> oh, we seem okay. to be asking that a lot, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, but then you have, like, Jar Jar, you know, just doing his Jar Jar stuff, and so... I thought they did a good job at balancing, you know, it is a serious episode, but we're also trying to keep it comical and light at the same time. And so, you know, you, you had your highs and your lows and back and forth. I right. agree completely with you both in the sense that I, I don't know if you said this, John, maybe you hinted at it, but it was sort of ended without a, a point. Like, wait, we went through all this, just to get grievous. And now we just let him go. And it's as if nothing really happened or took place other than maybe it's all just just sort of a setup to basically like john was saying show that amy Dom, uh padme is basically is all into anakin and is willing right. to compromise right. as much as anakin is for her. And, but it's two ways and yeah i 
I don't think I I hated it as much as Cliff. Um, okay. Because I, I I drew those conclusions again. I may have just been yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I can't hate another episode. I got to find something. <laughs> got to have a good one. <laughs> another bad one. It's season four. We should be past right. this. <laughs> uh, but I I did see that you know the tables were turned on this one was kind of what I saw and um, you know Amidala has always been one to be like complete the mission. Um, right. And and here she didn't do that. Right. Reminds me of that when that blue shadow one where she was basically willing to just die. Yeah. The blue oh, yeah. shadow virus. Yeah. So. Uh, and if, and if she had been reversed, mission. if it had been reversed and she was captured and Anakin made the choice, I feel like she would have said, "Don't do it." Sure. Yeah. 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 So they both love one another more than they love their own lives. At least that's the way it seems right now. Oh, Definitely man. true for for Padme. Uh, we, I think we later discover that Anakin is, is really just a selfish jerk. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, led, led away by the dark side out. through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe he's not there yet. Right. Right now he's right. maybe his love is still genuine. So um, uh, it is definitely not self-sacrificial yet uh, at the end of it all. Right. Um, and he becomes much more consumed in himself. But anyway, um at least until the very end when his son finally pulls the good out of him, what little there is left and he saves the galaxy. Um, That's right. Until the, the, uh, the, the sequel trilogy. And we discover that basically Darth Vader accomplished nothing. <laughs> yeah. He just killed a clone. <laughs> <laughs> and we've, we've been watching this, uh, this series to know long enough that clone deaths are, are of no consequence. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I I don't think you're going to be able to win me over on this episode. I hated the lookalike thing. I was like, no, no. Like, the, first of all, all the Gungans kind of look pretty similar, right? <laughs> Second yes. of all. If they were that identical, they would have written putting a crown on his head would not have been what revealed that. They would have just would have known that, right? Yeah, it's kind of a Thirdly, Superman I thought, syndrome of removing yeah, glasses. I thought, exactly. And I, I thought maybe maybe like they're they look really familiar to the humans, but maybe the Gungans will all know the difference. Cause you know, it's kinda like with any, you know. When we look at a, I feel like we've talked about this on this podcast. But when we look at like know. a, like a bear, right. like all bears kind of look like <laughs> bears, right? Right. Um, yeah, we've talked about it in the context of the huts, right? Yeah, Where, like, that's it. Huts should look like huts, and gungans should look like gungans, and it's okay if there's a little variability, but they're all going to kind of look the same. They, they we don't should, have to have human way, features. Yeah, that's right, and and have human type differences between them um, to be able to distinguish them. Um, so I thought, well, maybe the humans are just being ignorant and they don't actually look that alike, but no, the Gungans just like bought it. They were like, Oh, it's the King. And I don't know. I just, it just felt very, uh, fake. Just not, but they not all believable. do. I don't know. Gungans don't seem very intelligent overall. That's, I was going to say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jar Jar. I mean, I could see him getting confused. You put the crown on, you know, like. Anakin, You're right, but I feel like Jar Jar is, but that's that's who Jar Jar is as Jar Jar, I, not as yeah. a Gungan, right? 
Yeah. They chose know. to make Jar Jar a senator. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Who voted yeah, for right. that? Maybe Gungans yeah. just aren't that observant, aren't that intelligent. So maybe, maybe that's good enough explanation. But I didn't like it. I didn't like the look of the thing. So. I thought it was really, really. Yeah. Cool. I thought that Grievous was, was fooled too, you know? So. Although had Grievous even seen the guy in person up to that point, he may not have. So, so maybe it was just holograms I, and stuff, and easy to fool him. Yeah. Also felt like you know Grievous was uh, talking to Jar Jar. Correct me if I'm wrong about. Uh-huh. He seemed kind of too oblivious as well <laughs> of the whole situation. Right. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know that I'm really going to change Grievous, our ranking from this discussion, but I was like, Grievous is going to get mad and chop Jar Jar in like yeah, six I was late for that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, he, well, I mean, he's in episode three, so that's true. <laughs> what if what if this episode was the reveal that the Jar Jar in episode three isn't actually Jar Jar, Ooh. but it's Boss Leone pretending to it's be Jar Jar? Leone, <laughs> and that's why that's why he's but able to look be alive. So it's okay. <laughs> now that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that. huge. Been like, Whoa! It's not even Jar Jar, but he just thinks all right, y'all ready to rank? Yeah, sure. I'll go first because I've been pretty negative on it, and I'm interested interested to know why how y'all are going to compare to mine. But I'm a five. Um, I mean, I didn't hate it, but I just it's it's definitely not one I liked. Okay, I thought you'd be lower than a five. I didn't. No, it's a five. It's it wasn't it wasn't horrible. Um, it's just just felt pointless to me. And, uh, you know, when I start going below five, it's like, I'm actively really disliking it. And this one was like, yeah. just kind of like, what was the point of this? I just, I didn't get anything out of this, you know? Um, it may have been a four before this discussion. I don't know, but, uh, but I feel, I'm feeling a five now. All right. Well, I'm at a five as well. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but, we have different, but we have different scales. I think. <laughs> I think we do. Yeah. Uh, it's it's take it or leave it. But I mean, I did see some value. If I didn't see value, if I was like, "What in the world? Why did we watch that?" Yeah, I would not be at a five. Okay. I love it. We all have different scales, rubrics, whatever. You know, um, <laughs> mine's a six. You know, I went into it with that, and it wasn't really unchanged either. But it, you know, it. It met the threshold of I enjoyed it enough to where I would watch yeah. it again. Uh, yeah, especially that's my the, six. Yeah, the fight between Anakin and Dooku, I really enjoyed that. Honestly, I rewound it yeah, and watched it, it a second that's time. True. So I I like that part, and as part of my scale, this is probably just my scale. Listening to uh, Risha Lu made me laugh. He sounded like a Gungan mixed with like uh, someone yeah. from the Swamp that's People the, the TV sorcerer show. Sorcerer guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like hello, little Cajun Gungan going accent. And I was like, yeah. "What is this? Yeah, okay. what is he saying?" So I, I kind of <laughs> laughed at that. I enjoyed it. So now, what was his fate at the end of it? What ended up happening? Dooku killed. Did him. he die? Dooku's like, him. "You're yeah, a fool, Rishlu." Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, he didn't need That's him right. anymore. Yeah, we didn't need him for the series either. He's a he's a good one. That he's a good one off one off yeah. episode character. So yeah, he's one I'm not unhappy that we're not going to see again. Nah. 
Cool. All right. Well, next week we're going to discuss uh, 404 and 405, uh, whatever arc that is. And then let me look up what the next arc is going to be because we were supposed to discuss 404 and 405 this week. But or Mercy Mission and then Nomad Droids. That's 404 and 405? Yes. Okay. And then we're also discussing the, we'll go ahead and do the next arc because y'all have already seen 404 and 405, correct? Yeah. Um, so you'll have to try to retain your, your opinions about that. All right. The next, yeah. ep, the next arc. So for me, I'm going to have to watch six episodes, but I can handle it. I'll be right. It's the Umbara arc and it is a four episode arc. All right four episodes so you all can't right. save it all till right before the podcast guys <laughs> uh, gonna have to uh gonna have to make sure you plan this one ahead of time darkness on umbara the general plan of descent not descent like descending but descent like disagreement and i like the, the name of this last one gets me really excited it's a good good episode name it's carnage of krell Mm. Sounds good. Sounds like a Star Trek movie name. Carnage of Course. <laughs> Probably. You, you really hate, hate Star it, Trek man. that much? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I like the word carnage. Carnage is a good word. Good word. <sighs> Venom like is also savage. a good word. <laughs> yeah. Venom. Venom and Carnage. Y'all know Carnage from Marvel, right? Absolutely. If the he's red, in this, I am. Uh, I'm gonna love it. All in Carnage. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Star Wars Marvel crossover. That's right. Symbiote. That's right. That's all we need to get it introduced uh, further. All right. So I have a question for you guys because we have a couple more minutes um, that we could talk. I guess if we want to. If you were if you were going to see a symbiote transformation of any Star Wars character, what who would it be? Do you know what a symbiote transformation is, Drew? I don't. Okay. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Have you seen Venom, or do you know anything about Venom and Carnage in Spider Man? I know Venom takes over his body, sort of. Yeah. So so it's basically the symbiote is this little like blob of goop from outer space that needs a host, and so it finds a host body. And then turns them into these like sort of jelly monsters um, that have like super strength and they're basically super, super villains. Oh, okay. Um, super powerful super villains. Uh, and they wreak havoc on society. They basically just want to take over the world. I don't know why, John. You probably know why. They just kind of want to feed on life in the world. Um, yeah, I don't know. And spread. I don't, I don't, I'm not. A, I'm not. They kind of. They kind of bring out the worst in right. the host as well. Yeah. Yeah. They. 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 Uh, what do you call it? Amplify their worst qualities. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. to, to a destru to to a destructive end. Right. Yeah. Like their object is destruction, um, and uh, and consumption. Right. They just want to kind of consume and grow. Um, like a virus would, I guess. And, uh, and they do so at the expense of the host as well as in a partnership with the host to give them whatever their worst desires are, which usually involves 
um, well, can involve a lot of things, I guess. Anyway, they're just really cool looking. Um, and so I'm curious what, what symbiote, what Star Wars character you would like to see undergo a symbiote trans- transformation? Oh, man. So I've, I've got a lot that I think would be awesome <laughs> to see. Um, uh, so I think a Boba Fett would be really cool. Oh, because, that's a good one, John. Because of his, his hatred for yeah. Jedi and how yeah. horrible he would be and just be bent on destroying Jedis that way and uh, consumed by it. And uh, and then I also, oh, man. Uh, yeah, Darth Maul would be really cool for kind of mm-hmm. the same reasons. In general, it's sort of a Sith, right? A Sith-like, like you can see how just the villains in Star Wars, because they're always wanting to capture that that sort of anger mechanism. It seems like and use it. Um, um, They find people that have been disenfranchised and are bitter about it, uh, and are able to manipulate their their mental weakness. But see, that's kind of the problem with some of these is is there has to be some mental weakness associated with it. Yeah. So I'm not sure how well they would do in like, like part of me wants to say Anakin because it'd just be awesome to see like an Anakin or a Darth Vader symbiote. But, but I don't think that would, they'd be very compatible because, um, because Darth Vader is anything but weak minded. Right. It yeah. would definitely not relinquish his control, um, and power. Um, so really I think you're Darth Maul or excuse me, not Darth Maul, uh, Darth, uh, Boba Fett. Darth Boba, Fett. Boba, Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett transformation Darth is, is Boba a, Fett. Darth Boba Fett. I think Boba <laughs> Fett is a really good option. Yeah. Yeah. He would be, uh, be pretty crazy. And you know, the symbiotes are like unkillable unless you ring right. a bell really loud. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. Sound. <laughs> Sound. And even then they don't die. They just separate from their hosts. Right. Oh. Yeah. And then you also think, you know, uh, uh, Jabba the Hutt is driven by money and greed. Yeah, Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's weak-minded enough to to undergo a symbiote transformation. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Zero, on the other hand, he'd be all about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that could have redeemed Zero. I mean, Zero is a symbiote. I don't think so. No, maybe uh, maybe Mama is a symbiote. Mama, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. all right. Hondo, Hondo, Hondo. Hondo. He he yeah. might be weak. John, I think that's a great another great option. Hondo would be a great symbiote transfer, at least based on what we know about him so far. I could almost even yeah. say, I can almost even see Han Solo, kind of like how Spider Man. Uh, and oh, yeah. then emerged for a while, you know, Spider-Man got that symbiote transformation. Cause he, um, he was a good guy, but right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, it, it would be temporary, but I could see how a, there could be a pretty good arc with like Han Solo having to overcome and defeat the symbiote, um, by choosing to go against his base urges, um, for things that are not great. Right. Yeah. Well then, if if that's the sort of the qualifications, 
could you not also say something similar like that for Mace Windu when he's tells Anakin to kill Palpatine? He's like, when the rubber meets the road at the end of the day, you you know, kill him because he's too dangerous to be left alive. So, yeah, I can see Mace Windu as a as as, yeah. some, as a conflicted somewhat. He might be a he might be like a purple symbiote. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's symbiote transformations match their lightsabers. So. <laughs> I wonder would Luke be blue or green? He'd be green. He'd be green. Blue is a borrowed color, right? Green was when he actually yeah. his own. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No. We we can add that to our uh, our our Disney pitch if we ever do it for that. Yeah. For that Marvel, absolutely. So, I told y'all um, it was a good idea. Maybe that's the sequel. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. All right, guys. Nice. Nice. Right. If you want to email us, you can contact us at Star Wars Brothers Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, I'm going to check that right now. Just double check. I mean, we need to be done, but. Now, okay, we have an email, but we're we're gonna save it. I know we've got a big episode next week. Sounds good. I don't know. Do y'all want me to read it, or or should we save it? What do you think? Ah, oh, the suspense. It's a little long. It's after twelve, but next week we do have two arcs to discuss. How you doing, Drew? Can we push forward a little bit longer? Yeah, go ahead. You get, I'm you good. Got another ten minutes in you. Yeah. Okay. All right. From Brian Holton. Brian's been a guest on this podcast. He says, warning, long email ahead. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Episode 18, the Night Sisters trilogy. He says, so I'm catching up on some much needed listening. I'm glad you guys enjoyed this. Do you remember what I told you guys before about the Night Sisters? The planet Dathomir and the Night Sisters are originally from the Legends novel, The Courtship of Princess Leia. They are a, quote, force sensitive group of people that the emperor had a healthy fear of. Essentially, they used the force through unnatural means with no allegiance to anyone else but themselves. One of the great additions to Star Wars from the legends that survived to become canon. Also a little backstory on the Sith names. Darth Vader as the original Sith, his name is a mixture of the translation of the word dark into Darth as a title. The name Vader is literally the Dutch translation for father. So Darth Vader, Vader is essentially a trans, oh no, listen to this word, transmogrification. Ooh. No way. Of Dark Father. Transmogrification. Uh. Is that even a real word, Brian? I don't know. I think you made it up. <laughs> that laid the groundwork for the next Sith names we got in the 1999's Phantom Menace uh, of Darth Maul and Darth Sidious. Other Sith names include Bane, Tyrannus, Savage Oppress, and Savage Oppress, all of which are names related to words associated with evil characters. Maul means to attack or tear in pieces. Insidious means stealthy or cunning. Uh, Tyranny means dictatorship or cruel, cruel leadership. And I would add to that, Brian, also brings forth images of Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a real big teeth, yeah. claws, yeah. carnivore, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
they'll think that's the intention. I think Brian's got it right. But, but in my mind, it will always be a dinosaur, a dinosaur name. Uh, Bane, Scourge, Ruin, Death, Savage. This not Savage. Kind of similar to Maul. Yeah, Savage, Brian. Savage, not Savage. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> um, and then Oppress is to persecute or abuse. All of their names are either derived from or directly related to these terms. Also, Count Dooku is not his Sith name. It's his former Jedi name. Ooh. In his house, they call him, Brian makes a note, in his house, they call him Dufu. <laughs> <laughs> What? what a doofy name uh, you know that was one of the reasons to interrupt brian's email here that was one of the reasons that um that i started to dislike the the uh episodes two and three I liked them a little bit less was like i thought the name dooku was such a dumb name all right we've <laughs> talked about that before so questions um he says how important are fight scenes to the quality of star wars stories how important is story and character versus action and then number two, why is Darth Maul, a character with so little contribution to Star Wars overall, worth bringing back? The fight scenes in Menace? Again, I come back to the first question. Is that more important? So what do you guys think? How important are fight scenes uh, to the overall quality of a Star Wars story? I'll start. We'll start oh. there, and then I'll read the second half of his email here. Super important. I would agree. Yeah. The the fight scenes, the action uh, is what initially attracted me to Star Wars. And I don't mean just lightsaber. I mean uh, space battles between TIE Fighters and X-Wings and that type of stuff. Hoth, you know, the, the fight scenes is the way I think of them. Um, are are a huge part of what initially drew me to Star Wars. And without those, I would not have cared about the stories. Yeah. The entire Star Wars franchise is a story essentially of conflict. I mean, and so without any fight scenes, I mean, the end result is hopeful peace, you know, or peace or hopeful peace, whatever you want to call it. But everything in between from the two ends, from A to B, everything in the middle is a conflict. You know, you alluded and to uh, Star Trek earlier, John, and I, I always yeah. thought of one of the major distinctions between Star Trek and Star Wars is that Star Trek fight scenes suck. <laughs> yes. And there's whole episodes where they do nothing but and, talk. And Star Wars <laughs> fight scenes, maybe yeah. it's a little less thought-provoking, but the fight scenes are awesome. <laughs> Yes. And to me, I don't know. It, yeah, there's, there's I agree. Personality. To me, so. there, there's personality in the fight scenes. Right. And what I mean by that is uh, the way that, that Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi fight in episode four is, is, is extremely different from the way Luke and Vader fight in six. Right. And it, it's all, I mean, that, it, the fight scene sets the tone for that. Uh, the feelings going on, the dialogue going on within them um, adds to uh, just the emotion of the of yeah. Star Wars. And I feel like, you know, I think George Lucas did a really good job with that. Um, in, in all the George Lucas movies, those fight scenes are very pivotal and have a lot of emotion with them. 
I agree. It's like it's a setup. A lot of the movies are just a setup for the fight scene. For the fight scene. Everything sort yeah. of builds up to the fight scene. And then the fight scene is the culmination of that film or story generally. I mean, we even see it in Rogue One, right? Like it all's just building up to this big final fight oh, yeah. scene. Yeah. You know. Um uh even episode two is is kind of that, you know, it's that big arena battle at the end i mean that's cool yep. that's just fun to watch um, i mean a story yeah, as much great. as i dislike a lot in episode two uh i mean watching him fight those big animals in the arena is mm-hmm. not one of the reasons i dislike the, <laughs> mm-hmm. the movie compared to the others again i like it i don't, I don't mean to imply this like it i do like it um uh, and then those dropships coming in and i remember that being a cool moment like you know all these huge these yoda comes in yeah. with a big troop to save the day at the end it's incredible you know uh and then you have the um the yoda lightsaber battle with dooku that's a huge deal and and it's just a lot of star wars for me is just thinking about it fight scene to fight scene i mean that's that's what makes those stories memorable and and they they the fight scenes are all very almost always very pivotal moments you know game changers or or direction changers within the movies uh I mean, when, when Dooku dies, um, all of them just that they're a, they're a turning point for something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. All right. I'm going to finish this email. All right. The Mortis trilogy. Remember, this is the weird like ship thing where they go off the radar and go meet. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Batman and Griffin Girl. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. So, trivia. There are Star Wars references in most of the Indiana Jones movies. Oh. In Raiders, there were carvings of 3PO and R2 in the Well of Souls. Uh, in the Temple of Doom, Indy escapes from the Club Obi-Wan. I didn't know that. Kingdom of the either. Crystal Skull. Do we even, Brian, why are you even making reference to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Don't talk about it. That's the one we don't talk about. <laughs> yeah, come on now. Uh, but C-3PO and R2 do show up in the Temple of Akator again. And then yeah. um, I guess also in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Indy quotes, I have a bad feeling about this. Oh, the place of Mortis presents us with unique personifications of the fort. Maybe that was just a side note. I don't know. I haven't actually pre- okay. pre-screened this email. Um, interesting. So, so there's other connections, connections in that random comic that you told us about the other yeah. week, John, but, um, but also there's other connections um, to uh, our world, right? All right. The place of Mortis represent presents us with unique personifications of the force. It creates more questions than answers, but that is part of the mystery of the force that we always had going back. Oh, always had going back to Yoda training Luke in empire. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. <laughs> the force has always really been more of a spiritual element of star Wars that doesn't provide clear answers but keeps us seeking for answers. It did provide us with furthering the concept of the balance of the force and the rise of the dark side over the light. Observations. This is a good story because it provokes thought and questions 
This is your crazy, off-the-wall, unexpected storytelling without fight scenes to keep it going. And he says, okay, I'm all caught up now. So he's all caught up because I haven't posted anything since we discussed the Mortis trilogy, guys. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm behind. Okay. I'm behind. I'm behind. He's not, he's not caught up. We're just not caught up either. <laughs> yeah. I'm not caught up either. Let's be clear. So, um, I'm going to say this and, and I'll, I'll comment in a second. Actually, John, I'll say this at the end. You go ahead and comment if you're commenting on Brian's email here. I am. So it wasn't my favorite. The Mortis, Mortis. trilogy. More, right. You mean the more the Mortis you thought about it, it's become less appealing to you? No, I mean, it wasn't my favorite when I ranked it. I don't, oh, I don't okay. believe yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Uh, no, I don't think it, it was. was. And I don't know. I guess I just like five things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I like the moment, um, the moment of Anakin's flashback. That, that has still stood out to me as a really mm-hmm. cool thing. And just yeah, the concept that was of him. Him, um, I like the idea that he would still choose the dark side when he's yeah. like in Even between the light with side. What he became, so I mean, when he's between the light and the dark side, and he's taming the griffin and the the dragon, whatever we want to call it, um, yeah. you know, whatever it was, it, it's still a fun scene to me when I look back on it because I'm thinking he could have gone either, you know, he could have what could have been sort of, you know, dot dot dot, what could have been, but yeah, sure. Yeah, I think I like it less. I think I've liked that one less the more I've reflected back on it, that arc. But, um, well, it's well, Star trek for me. <laughs> yeah. Some more of this will come up next week. Oh, okay. My okay. Well, so not that, but some more of my sure. opinion. So I'm going to hold them for a minute because that's what's on my mind. All right. I'm going to say this. Yeah, John, because... I know you well enough. I feel like we have the same opinions for next week. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get caught up. I'm excited. Um, watch, I'll say this. Uh, watch yeah. Crazy Frog from uh, before you do. You remember Crazy Frog, right? No. What's Crazy Frog? You don't remember Crazy Frog? <laughs> I mean, I I know that song. Okay. Well, Crazy Frog, the the music video, I I feel like is a good prequel to next next week's art. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Season four has turned out to be much more, uh, much more interesting than I expected it to be. Maybe in the wrong ways, though. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, say this. I've been I've been doing intros. I've been doing outros. Uh, that takes me most of the time it takes to to cut the podcast. And honestly, that's why it hasn't gone up because it's just like, oh, I just don't have time to put all the energy into that that it's yeah. gonna take to do it. I think I'm gonna have to cut them. I hate to cut them. It's, so, it's one of my favorite things to do uh, in this whole this whole thing. I love doing the intros. I love doing the little thing at the end where John says this is you know and for that reason uh right there we just <laughs> yeah. lost whatever listener we had so but, um just make a standard one for when you don't have time yeah i could i i think i could just cut out the intros and then maybe just have a standard outro and just when it feels appropriate oh, i can just pull something from the outro so yeah. yeah um but uh we're still gonna have the music you know coming in 
but right. I usually do all the quotes and everything with the music overlaid on it. Yeah, I do. I do some filtering on the Sorry. quotes. And I have to cut out the. I have to cut out the background music from the quotes, and and I have to right. figure out which ones tie together, and then decide what order they're going to go in. And and it's actually a fun thing to do. It's just that. I, yeah, do it when you have. Time. I want to get the podcasts up, and yeah. it would be so them. quick and easy to do without that intro. I think I'm going to cut yeah. the intro. Yeah, that's fine. I, think I just, I think I just need to. Add them when you have time. time don't do them when you don't. Yeah. And that'll that'll be retroactive because I've actually talked about this in some previous episodes um, with that's the right. intention that I was going to keep it up, but but uh, so, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it anymore. Something's got to give. So add add what you just said to the outros for the ones you haven't said yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta, I just gotta give, yeah. and, <laughs> and just hit it with that. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Well, All right. I think I already said the contact stuff. So, uh, um, you're still out there, and I don't know why you would be at this point. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't be. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for listening.